that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and you're very welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's me, Dean Ryan. I'm actually not in the towers of bookmakers.co.uk, so I do apologise if there are any sound issues this week. Dermot Nolan is there, though. Dermot, how are you? All good, Dino. How are you? Good to have you. And uh, TV celebrity Paddy Aspel has joined us. Paddy. How are we doing, lads? Uh, Doing really well. And uh, nice to see you pop up there on Racing TV this week, Paddy. Well, I suppose it, it, uh, people can put it on if they if they have a, a vermin problem in the house and it'll just scare them all away, won't it? <laughs> <laughs> the Pied Piper of, uh, of, of the Race Hour podcast, Paddy Aspel. Uh, it sounds like a really good initiative, though, this Jets plan. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, you know, to be fair, although there were so many guys that actually gotten on the, 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 the course, they were just so helpful. Um, you know, they showed us around all the different departments. It's amazing how much goes on there. And, you know, yesterday we got to work with, um, obviously, Alex Steedman and Dave Nevison. And we met Tom Stanley in the afternoon. And um, I met some other fellow there. He's a regular on RUK, but I was talking to him for 10 minutes and I couldn't for the life of me think of his name, but really nice guy. But you, you, you'd know him if you've seen him. But um, very enjoyable. And like I said, we, we've got three more days, hopefully on course, um, sort of in locations that are, are close to us. So hopefully it'll be up north and might even be on a race in life or something like that. But no, very, very lucky and it's a great opportunity. Yeah, superb. I mean, to get you out on course and doing a bit of live presenting, and that's going to be a lot of fun, I'd say, because it's a little bit different to doing the studio stuff. Obviously, you can you can join this podcast from home, but you're often up at uh, William Hill doing the radio as well. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it, it is a great opportunity, and it's you know, it's amazing that even the amount of feedback I had from people yesterday, and and even people sort of you know sort of telling you, well, look, if you're ever if you're ever stuck or you ever need a, a bit of help um, as regards in that sort of department, just to give them a shout. So it it, it always opens little doors, doesn't it? certainly does and uh, good for the people involved good for you hopefully it goes all very well now this week's podcast um, probably the best place to start and I think um, our friend Keith Donoghue did it on bookmakers as well is to talk about the loss of Wicklow Brave because you're talking about a horse here who would be a stable start Willie Mullins is even amongst some absolute grade one superstars and he was one and it wasn't always um wasn't always clear that he would be the stable leader there but I'd say there's a big hole left at Close Sutton now to have a horse that can win at Galway an Irish St Ledger Punchestown champion hurdle um obviously some massive runs at Cheltenham as well um a sad loss Wicklow Brave Demo oh he was Absolutely amazing pony, and you know he took um he took his stable lad Jason Deer all all around the world with him, and it's the likes of him that, as as Keith said, are the real stable stars because they really keep going and going, and when the kind of the more fancy horses might might miss a season here or there, the likes of Wicklow Brave, they they just keep on trucking over. I mean, just for the way that he could mix it over the flatten and the jumps, and then to go over fences and win three races like he did, he's he's an amazing horse, and um, he was definitely going to win that American Grand National as well, which is extra sad, obviously. But it's just it's a chronic loss, and it it's a part of our sport that I don't think anyone would ever properly get used to, really. Yeah, but you do have to get used to it being a jumps racing fan, yeah. don't you? I mean, he was going to yeah. win an American Grand National as it's. Uh, as it's known. But I mean, Paddy, this horse had 60 odd runs, ran everywhere pretty much, lots of different continents, all different formats of racing. You don't see too many like that anymore. 
Yeah, no, incredible horse. Looking down through his profile this morning, I mean, just some of the some of the little things he did. Obviously, he was three and three over fences, but um, you know, he won three bumpers. He was beaten ahead in a Coral Cup with twelve stone. Um, you know, where he probably just could have done with a lead a bit further up the track. He was just gubbed down the line. You know, he's a ledger winner. Um, you know, he really did turn his hand to, to everything. And I mean, when you look back through some of his form. You know, Willie Mullins, what an incredible trainer performance because at times, temperament-wise, he looked like he was maybe on the way out a little bit because he, he looked for a while like he really wasn't in love with the job. You know, they whacked some headgear on him. Um, when when Patrick won the... When he won the, the champion hurdle on him at, at Punchestown. I mean, that was that was a couple of years ago but in first-hand blinkers, but he really, really looked like he was hating the job. Um, you know, and, and to think of some of the, the, the incredible feats he went on to since that, unbelievable. And um, I was in William Hill on Saturday, but I said to the boys, look, I want to shoot off early. I want to be home for this 20 past nine to watch it. And I really, it was, it was you know, it was so sad because straight away you, you could tell, you, you, you know, when you watch so much racing, you know, it was great that Paul Townham was okay because he got a horrible fall as well. But you, you just knew straight away that, oh, something's not good here. Yeah. Yeah, it took a little while for it to be confirmed. But the bad news did come through. I think it was Paul Townend who said um, about him down at the start to another jockey. And I can't remember where I got this from, but I'm pretty sure it was on a podcast that we've done before um, where he said that, you know, there was a horse that when you got to the start, if you jumped off, you'd think you'd win. If you jumped off kind of behind him, you still thought you might win. And then about halfway around, Wicklow Brave would know what he's going to be doing. And what was interesting with, with Wicklow Brave, I'd imagine, you know, if horses could talk, he'd tell you plenty about a few jockeys. He'd the likes of Paddy Mullins, Paul Townend. I'd say Ruby's ridden him. And of course, Frankie Dottori got on him. So, um, you know, there's not many horses that can that can do that. So a real sad loss for racing, but it does happen. And as I say, as a jumps racing fan, it's something you do have to get used to. Uh, commiserations to all involved owners uh, and of course, stable lad that Dermo mentioned there. A real sad, um, sad kind of start to this podcast. But that is what happens in jumps racing. And um, let's talk about some of the horses that ran last week. I think we might all have one to pick out from last week's action. Of course, it was Champions Day, so there wasn't too much for us to be getting involved in on a, on a kind of racing podcast. But, I mean, that was a little bit of fun for those who were involved. What about any jumpers that caught your eye, Demo? Uh, Windsor Avenue at uh, Sedgefield was absolutely brilliant for uh, for Brian Ellison. Uh, the way Brian Ellison spoke about the horse afterwards as well, you just know that he absolutely loves this horse. And he just... He, he jumped really well. He was really aggressive in everything he did. And Brian Ellison is is one to bring along a horse like this now on Windsor Avenue might just be a dark horse for the season ahead. Yeah, I think he was pr- pretty complimentary about it, a little bit nervous as well about running one that they thought might be one of the better ones they've had. Uh, a decent horse to look forward to is Windsor Avenue. Paddy, any of yours? Yeah, I'll tell you, to be fair, there was a couple actually because there was another Brian Ellison horse won on, they were both on the same day last Thursday. He won the first at Carlisle. Um, Brian Hughes rode him um, in the Dan Martin colours and hadn't run for over 500 days, an, an ex-French horse. Uh, but he looked absolutely stunning down the start and he jumped like a bunny the whole way around. And in fairness, he probably, because he's got that much ability, he arrived on the front end probably early enough and from the back of the last you know a stiff track like Carlisle he did get tired and he only he only ended up winning half a length um, but I mean he went off 20 to 1 so Brian Ellison had obviously left a bit on him but on pure ability I'm just going to get his name up here on, on pure ability alone he the king of May he was called 
Um, yeah, he only won by half a length at the line, but he looks a fair bit of kit. But obviously, this was a return after a layoff of over 500 days, so he probably isn't the easiest to train. But for me, it was a real, real good effort now. Uh, strong colours as well to be associated with, so maybe they have a nice horse there. That's the King of May. Yeah, and then the other one was Ollie Murphy's horse at in the first at Wincanton on the same day, Nicholson. Um, another very similar type, to be honest. Uh, you know, like a lovely big fine strapping horse. I thought the in-running comments were a little bit deceiving because you know it said that he travelled well, which he did travel well. But when he came off the bridle, he came out. He was hard off the bridle, two down, and you were actually sort of. A, you know, you were a bit worried for a few strides, but from the back of the last, he absolutely motored um, from the back of the last of the line, and he was going strong away from from a you know a fair yardstick of Alan King's. He was rated 122, albeit a bit disappointing, but he absolutely smashed him at the line, and the, there was a good gap back to the third as well. But Ollie looks like he has a nice one there in in, in Nicholson in the uh, in the Tim Sider colours. And a good hands to be in as well with Ollie Murphy. So that's Nicholson, uh, the King of May and Windsor Avenue also for Brian Ellison. I wanted to give uh, Creve Hill a mention. Looked like the trip might be a little bit sharp for him in that Bobby Renton chase the other day. He was up against a horse called Sky Pirate who ran very well, but unfortunately came down when looking to perhaps hold the aces on Creve Hill. But I wouldn't be too sure. Creve Hill's a real big galloping type, only a seven-year-old, now up to one four five. I reckon they might go for that um, Bet Victor Gold Cup as it is now, the old Paddy Power at Cheltenham. He's around a 20-to-one chance for that there would be worse bets I think around for a horse that hasn't had everything come his way could just be about to start start peaking and has got a prep run so Creve Hill for me uh, the King of May Windsor Avenue and Nicholson ones to pick out from last week now Demma I know you asked for a few uh, race hour questions from our audience something we might do a few times uh, during the season as we go through so I might fire into a few of these before we do take a look at Cheltenham which is coming up on Friday and Saturday this week. Uh, Tommy Kennedy was in with one of the first questions. Tommy Kennedy 93 on uh, Twitter said a lot of horses coming out of novice ranks disappointed last season uh, highlighted a few. They are Footpad, Sam Crow, Somerville Boy, Black Art, Presenting Percy, Shattered Love, uh, just to name a few of those. And after a very tough season on heavy ground in 2017-18, any chances these horses regain their form after a summer break? Now before we talk about each one of those individually, which we might do, um, Paddy, if a horse has to go to the well on bad ground for a season uh, can it have a knock-on effect to, to kind of obviously that their form wasn't great anyway during the season so I'm not sure the question makes a lot of sense to me in terms of if they'd gone to the well on bad ground but kept winning and they're gonna have a bad season this year but he's suggesting maybe they can bounce back and regain the season's form from before would it would it take an effect like that on a horse to have you know a bad run on bad ground well, I suppose some of them horses mentioned were busier than others. Um, we didn't really get to see um, all of them as much as we would have liked. But, yeah, look, there's always that chance. I mean, so, so, some people are, 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 are very reliant on just completely writing things off, take the shoes off and forget about them, rather than, you know, trying to spend so much money on, on, on maybe finding out a problem that isn't there only than other. It, it's something that, like, like, the, the, like Tommy says, they just need a bit of a break and they just need to, to freshen up and, and see if that would help. And the bulk of the time, it does help. Um, but I suppose 
Sam Crow for me, we've got to see how he fences, but Dermot will, will have heard plenty from, from Keith and his, his blog as far as that goes. But yeah, footpad, I've never really been a footpad fan myself. Uh, Somerville boy has always been a bit of a nearly horse. I do like presenting Percy, but the wheels just completely fell off. And, you know, for for for, um, for the stable, it was disappointing because he really looked like he was he was maybe just going to really push things forward for them. But um, I think Tommy's got an interesting point there as far as, you know, just freshen horses up. But there's obviously, there is risks attached. So you've always got to remember that as well. You do. Um, my my take on it would be Sam Krogh definitely can bounce back. There were other problems, regardless of the ground involved, uh, in in how that one went about last season. Of course, stomach ulcers and things. Somerville Boy seems to have a, a lot of class, but didn't kick on. Uh, Black Op, I really like this horse. Hopefully, a chasing campaign will await for it again at some point. Um, and as for Footpad, well, I'm just I'm just no fan. Dama, it's a great point because there is too many of them really uh, who did flop for it to be just put down as a coincidence full stop but it's just one of them we're gonna to have to wait and see i mean presenting percy had had a very tough season they all did really actually it's a very good point so it's just something we'll have to wait and see but the the likes of somerville boy etc they they just can't have become bad horses overnight especially with Klashnikov went on and had a good season and somerville boy rather beat him him snug enough at cheltenham so I'd say there has to be more there as well, you know. Mm-hmm. There's certainly names I'm looking forward to seeing again uh, this time round. Aaron Stone was on ads two five four nine zero on Twitter. Uh, Getaway Trump also maybe Gypsy Island. I think he just wants us to talk about them. We are going to talk about Gypsy Island uh, a little bit later on. Has come up in another question. Getaway Trump, I think I mentioned last week on the pod as uh, likely to take on a few horses. I fancy will make better chases than Getaway Trump. So we we'll probably see that one this weekend. For me got the race it deserved at the back end of last season and I'm not sure it's going to be a superstar chaser but damn it. yeah no I'm, I agree completely it's um, it's hard to see what his level is he could be one of these that improves over fences but when I thought of the jump season getaway Trump wasn't one of the horses that I was really looking forward to seeing okay um, Paddy I might come to you with this next one because Richie who is at Richie Shea R-I-C-H-Y-S-H-E-A on Twitter. Uh, Reserve Tank, how do we rate and trust non-Cheltenham spring form compared to others? Now, you're talking about a horse here who kind of dropped into the division late on, won at Aintree and at Punchestown, and we've also seen it over fences already. Uh, my take on Cheltenham form versus these other festivals is that if you don't go to the party at Cheltenham, I think it is easier to come in later to the party and win, and we saw that from Reserve Tank. So I do always have a little question mark over those ones that do that. You don't see it too often, but Reserve Tank did it last year. And is there as much competitive nature in a non-Cheltenham festival race as there is at the other ones, Paddy? Well, I mean, I think it's very difficult to um, to crib this boy in particular. He's done very little wrong, hasn't he? Um, and I mean, at Chepstow the other day, I mean, although he went off pretty short, there was only three in it. The first two, um, Posh Trish, wasn't it, of Nichols's and both reserve tank, they were very fresh and gassy and, you know, they were coming up from outside the wings at more than one fence. Whereas Jarvie's place, he was the opposite in behind. He was sort of, all he was wanting to do was go and pop all day and just take his time. He was a little bit sticky. So in the end, I think that the front two just gassed out a little bit and um, 
and just left the race there for a real strong stare in, in, in Jarvie's place. I would, probably wouldn't read into the, the Chepstow run too much, but I mean, prior to that, um, you know, it's a very, very good form last year, but obviously he has got to tick the, tick the Cheltenham box. But I mean, I do like this horse and, you know, the, the Tizards have never hidden the fact of, of the sort of regard they hold him in. But I mean, I suppose you look at his form, he has won round um, left-handed tracks. So that's not, he's, he's won round galloping tracks, stiffer tracks, you know, so I don't really think there's too many chinks in his armour. So as regards of, of uh, early spring form, I probably wouldn't be too concerned. Okay. Okay. Dermo, a uh, quick question for you. If a horse goes up against, if a horse that won at Cheltenham goes up against a horse that won at Aintree, which form do you rank higher? Ah, uh, Cheltenham, 29 times out of 30. Okay. I know why I picked that fraction, but the, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's a very fair point by Richie. At Aintree through the years, there's been plenty of uh, novice hurdle winners there that haven't really gone on to do a whole pile. And a lot of horses can kind of be, be flat after Cheltenham and can be backed up quite quickly. And um, Aintree form onwards, even Punchestown as well, can have that to it also. Um, so I definitely think it's a fair point. And Reserve Tank, for me, has, um, has a good deal to, to prove just yet does um I, I give you one analogy i like you kind of reserve tank turned up and faced a few punch drunk classy horses now he beat them and beat them well um they may not be as punch drunk next time so i think that form's still open to question but can't wait to see it tested again um steve Ryder, who does uh, have a column on bookmakers.co.uk he's the anti-post tipster on there he chips in with hendo seems to think champ is a three miler personally love to see him over two miles am i mad is what steve Ryder says uh demo i'll give champ to you uh yeah i'm a, obviously a big fan of the horse and a big fan of uh, of Steve Ryder as well, obviously, who's who's up, uh, he's up 20-something points since that blog's Going well. inception. But um, no, I think the way he run, he won over three miles at Aintree last year, I thought it kind of looked like everything had clicked for him uh, when he saw that trip. So I think uh, Nicky Henderson has that, has that bang on, in my opinion, but... Uh, Best of luck to Steve if he does end up over two miles. I've already said about Champ that I think that frame is a big one still to fill. If he fills it, I think he can do anything. I'm just not sure. I'm going to be taking him on early on. And if he goes over two miles, I'm definitely taking him on, Steve. So hopefully that happens for me. Um, we'll go with that. Uh, the next question came from Adam at OB underscore 14 on Twitter. Um, he raised a really good question and it's a race that I'm really struggling with now because he says the Ladbrook Trophy wants some thoughts on that. The top three in the market, uh, Santini, top of the game lost in translation doesn't look like they're going to go um so who do we like for it uh paddy those three i think missing a trick not going for the labrick if they don't indeed turn up obviously top of the game can't but lost in translation and santini would seem to be an ideal step starting point for them but there's other there's other pots in mind yeah is there is there a doubt about them go oh yeah i don't think they're gonna they're gonna head they all seem to have other targets yeah they've, they've all been ruled out yeah have they really yeah yeah um, so what does that leave at the top of the market there then? Nothing too exciting, I'm afraid. Yeah, Le Bagawah is 10 to 1 favourite uh, with uh, Cabaret Queen, the one that won really well for Willie Mullins there in Handicap in Ireland. Um, but it's it's weird, Paddy, isn't it, how these trainers almost collectively get turned off these races. You know, like a few years ago, all the good horses would go to a, a Hennessy. Like, I thought it was very strange that Nicky Henderson said that Santini had only had the uh, three runs over fences, so they weren't going to run him in the Hennessy. Uh, or the Labrick Trophy now, sorry. But uh, Bob's Wirt had only had four before he went on and won, 
and won the race. Um, I just think think the whole thing just kind of it just feels like they've all collectively kind of gone off the race for some reason. Yeah, it's probably not the race in their opinion is what it was one day as, as far as the stepping stone goes. But yeah, just very very disappointing that we've lost. Well, obviously as you say, top of the game, um, but Santini and lost in translation. That's um, that's certainly a big loss. It takes a shine off it. I had a good look through, given the question, to see if I could find something else because I was already, uh, well, I'd already had money on Lost in Translation to go for the race and maybe they could change their mind, but I don't think so. Um, the the one that kind of stood out to me was Mr. Malarkey, who ran in uh, some pretty heavy races, obviously ran in the RSA last year and was reasonably well fancy for it. For me, out of trends and looking at what might be the horse for it, Mr. Malarkey stood out to me, Demo. But is there something that you like? Uh, to be honest, no, Dean. I've uh, I've gone through it upside down and around, and uh, I think if Cabaret Queen was uh, ten to one on the day, I'd probably back her now, just just with the field that is there. Uh, touch of the uh, total recalls about her, but uh, bar that, there's not there's there's absolutely nothing really that that excites me too much now. There were a couple of other parts to his question. Uh, he did want us to touch on the novice hurdles division. And we kind of did that last uh, last week on the Race Hour podcast. But he did mention Blue Sari, Andy Dufresne and Gypsy Island, how they split them up at Cheltenham, which is a massive question considering, uh, you know, we, we're waiting to see them. I, I had a quick look at them demo and Blue Sari and Gypsy Island look like pretty sharp two milers to me. Andy Dufresne, at least with a point, uh, point to point in his CV, could be the one to step up at trip. Um, tricky to, to know right now. Yeah, I'd say um, Andy Dufresne obviously being in Gordon's as well will have Malone Road and Envoy Allen to, uh, to try and separate from as well. So yeah. he could end up in something like an Albert Bartlett, but I think that would blunt him. Um, if it was my call, I'd be going Blue Sari for the Supreme, Andy Dufresne for the Ballymore, and then you'd be looking at Gypsy Island, who I just think you'd, you'd take the penalty kick and go for the Mayor's Novice Hurdle with her. Yeah, Paddy probably won't mind, you know, running them against each other at Cheltenham, but before that, it's unlikely, I'd say. Yeah, you said so. Certainly, Andy Dufresne looks like a horse who, who will want a bit more of a test, but the other two, um, you know, he, he could certainly go to minimum, but been very impressed with Gypsy Island, um, you know, the way she, she warms into a race and finishes off, um, you know, and if, if she has summered well, um, going to be very, very exciting to see Gypsy Island. Yep. Absolutely true. Um, okay, free NFL tips. That's at free NFL tips on Twitter. Said five months away from the festival is the anti post four to six on offer for Tiger Roller in the cross country trace. The worst bet you've ever seen. Uh, it's not a bet I would be getting involved in, I have to say, but four to six on the day in Tiger Roll perhaps winning a prep race uh, would look quite a nice price, Dermo. Yeah, I can see what he's saying. Um, anti post wise, you, you just couldn't touch it because I'd imagine if, if even the slightest thing went wrong with. Tiger Roll, they'd they'd pull curtains up, um, you know, and he'd be he'd be off in a field somewhere because that's that's just how much they adore him. But I suppose if it was four to six on the day, you know, you're not going to get that 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 sort of an interest rate in any bank in the world. So if he's four to six on the day and he's he's all well and good, you'll be, I'd say he's there's there is no safer bet. I don't think in racing is there. I just mentioned to free NFL tips that Jan Worth could be over the banks this year. <laughs> so, <laughs> there is a sleeping giant in the division waiting to come through. Uh, Paddy, I might go to you with the next one. This is David on Twitter is at no context PFT. Uh, do you lads fancy Delta Worth for the Gold Cup? Um, well, let's start there. Paddy. Yeah, Delta Worth for me, I'm not sure how much of a fan I've ever been, if I'm totally honest. 
Um, I wonder what sort of price is he for a Gold Cup? Uh, double figures, but 14 no, to he's, one. yeah, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose when you look at him, he is pretty low mileage. He didn't actually stand that much racing last year, um, but that was a hell of a run behind top of the game. And then he absolutely bolted up, didn't he, at the, in the big champion novice chase at, at Punchestown. I mean, for me, um, I think Gold Cup-wise, I don't know, I, I'm still heartbroken over, over the Nichols horse. Um, he was he was the one for me, but um, Delta Work has obviously bounced back from Cheltenham and, let's say, put up a real, real good effort at Punchestown. But, you know, I suppose it's just so early in the year when we've not even seen any of these horses even jump a fence in public to, to really have a seriously strong opinion on them. Um, but as far as the, the anti-post treble goes, I think I'd be all over Paisley Park in the staying hurdle division. Um, obviously, same comment applies. We've not seen City Island jump a fence, but I've, I've seen footage and um, I wouldn't have any worries on that part. Um, and I'm not really sure maybe for the next one. I, I always like to, to uh, hang on and, and maybe pick something for something to pops up during the year for the bumper. No, no uh, trip to Aruba planned yet, just for Paddy Aspel. Demo um, on Delta Work, Keith was Keith was saying that he no doubt that the the wrong horse, uh, sorry, that the best horse didn't win the RSA, and of course he's referring to Delta Work in his column there on Bookmakers.co.uk. Um, that, that maybe just one more run would have helped Delta Work put his best effort in at Cheltenham because we saw what we saw at Punchestown. Uh, is he your Gold Cup pick right now? Uh, no, uh, uh, just just. With Keith, Keith adores him. I mean, he was at pains to say that, you know, he, he's not saying that what happened on the day was wrong and that's that's racing, but he just said the way that the race worked out, it just didn't suit Delta work at all. That have to take it up tree out and then kind of getting caught then, kind of coming over the last and he just switched twice up the running and in fairness to him, I always doubted how, how much of a stare that he was and that day in the RSA, all he did was just plug on to the line really well and had they been maybe half a length ahead of him, he would have got himself back into that race but uh, to be honest, the one I, I'm all over for the Gold Cup and I will continue all year is is Santini, I mean he was he was carrying a knock into that race um, you know, it was well publicised how much work that he did miss in those weeks before beforehand he only had the two runs before the RSA and for for him to do what he did that day was absolutely astounding and I think he's he'll be the one all year for me for the Gold Cup anyway Dean. No shock there. Um, Anti-post treble for Cheltenham. I go with, if you're going to have it right now, I go Malone Road, um, Envoy Allen and Honeysuckle would be my shout. And if you want four, throw in Sam Crow and that's a bet I've actually done. Dermo, your Aruba treble for Cheltenham? Aruba treble is, uh, would be the Exact same two again, Malone Road and Envoy Allen. And then I would be adding uh, Gypsy Island in for the, the Mayor's Novice. Nice, nice. Okay, um, there was a question from Doug at Dougie underscore AJ. Uh, what did you make of Lisner Oscar, Lisnergar Oscar's chase debut? That he is tempted by the 40 to 1 available for the RSA. I'm not tempted at all. I saw it, uh, it was okay. And I just think Lisnergar Oscar is as just you know one band below the top level for me doesn't mean he won't pick up races will do yeah it's like in boxing isn't it that you have a, a stepping stone fighter and that's what i think uh, Liz Nagor oscar is as 
I hope I'm proven wrong. I know he beat Dicky Diver last year, but that was only Dicky Diver's the first run under the rules yeah. for Dicky, wasn't it? Yeah, first ever run, and another half a furlong, he would have beaten him that day. But he's one of them. He's a very good form gauge, but I'd be shocked now if he was good enough to win an RSA. Pick up a national somewhere, that that horse yeah. at some point, I'd say. Uh, maybe not Aintree, but somewhere. Um, okay, last question is really only aimed at you, Demo, I think. Mick McGuinness at Mick underscore McGuinness on Twitter says, does Saudi A have a chance in the champion head? I think we know your answer. <laughs> Mick, that's a great shout. He most certainly does have a massive chance in the in the champion hurdle. And as Willie Mullen said, a lot of people might have forgotten about him, but he hasn't. And I haven't either. Okay, I had, but if I didn't know you very well, Dermo, I would have completely forgotten about Saudi for <laughs> the champion head. Dermo, is that all on the back of the, the Nace race? All on the back of the Nace race and that performance at uh, Punchestown. I know we're talking about late season form again, but he was punted that day in his four-year-old season from 20s into like eights that day and uh, under Robbie Power, and he hammered Mr. Adjudicator. He hammered the rest of them. And in last season as well, Esper Dallin went from strength to strength after that but coming up to the last now you would have traded um, Salde at short enough odds and um, it's just they they think the absolute world of him Paddy and uh, I think he's he's very good as well and in a funny way it was such a small injury that he had anyway it was a cut and whatever else um, missing that season could end up being the best thing for him as well you know yeah yeah uh, yeah I do remember that in race race and just looking back uh, that was a massive performance at Punchestown. He smashed Mr. Judicare at three lengths and they dropped him well out that day. Okay, live one perhaps. And uh, certainly Dermot Nolan hoping, along with Mick McGuinness, that Saudi A does get to a champion hurdle and gets to put it up to some of the, the better-known animals. He could be a well-known one by the time we get to March. Okay, there was a few horses to pick out there from the first half. Nicholson of Ollie Murphy's The King of May and uh, Windsor Avenue for Brian Ellison. And keeping on Creve Hill for that Bet Victor Gold Cup that comes up at Cheltenham not too far away. And that's where we'll be going after the break on the Race Out podcast because there is racing at Cheltenham on Friday and Saturday. So we'll take a break. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Okay, and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, it's myself, Dean Ryan, Dermot Nolan and Paddy Aspel. And uh, we finished talking about Cheltenham in the first half of the podcast. And we're going to start talking about Cheltenham for uh, Friday and Saturday's meeting there that's coming up this week. Uh, first of all, lads, good to have it back, Dermot, isn't it? A bit of Cheltenham. That's ah, brilliant. You you always know that the jump season is back proper when, when they're jumping those fences at at Presbury Park there. There's nowhere else like it in the world, really, is there? None of this uh, Champions Day being run on the inner hurdles track at Ascot on uh, Heavy I'm just being me. Okay, so let's uh, let's have a look then at Friday. I think we can take a pretty general look at it. We, we know most of all what's going to come out. Race that caught my eye uh, as probably the most fascinating is perhaps that square in the air novices chase at 2.35, Derma. Yeah, it looks absolutely brilliant, doesn't it? Al Dancer against uh, the horse mentioned before by Aaron uh, getaway trump and they're two very interesting horses at the top of that market but if all the runners were to go and the way they're all jocked up it looks like a few of them will but i would definitely be looking to take on the top two with uh, global citizen he's he's only a seven-year-old he's usually ready to rock and roll quite early and um he's nine to two and i find that just 
a bit confusing because he's um he's rated the highest of these over hurdles so I just think he's an awful lot in him now I know he'd longer over hurdles obviously but he achieved a quite decent level of form now did a, a global citizen and I'm I'm not convinced on Getaway Trump and I was never convinced on Al Dancer either so I'd be happy to take on the two of them and I think 9-2 to two about Global Citizen is a decent price then. Okay. Paddy, you're a big fan of Al Dancer as a hurdler. I know we talked about it a fair bit on the podcast last year. Um, an interesting recruit to chasing. A, kind of a bull type. Puts his head right down as he's going. Travels real sweet. If he takes defences, I mean, he probably deserves to be odds on here. Yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of trainers will start a little bit more low-key, won't they? And I suppose the bit of a worry is with this chap, I know obviously he's won over the smaller obstacles around here, but he is a gassy, you know, he, lo- he loves his job and he looks to get on with it and roll away. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, how fresh he is on, on, on Friday. You just wouldn't want him to be too gassy because obviously Cheltenham takes a bit of jumping and he's going to have, um, you know, some good horses in opposition. But, you know, he won first time last year, so there's no issues there. And, and the Twist and Davis string, um, I've made a real, real good start so far. But I just hope um, for Sam's sake that, that Al Dancer is just a little bit more grown up now um, after a summer break and he's just not as, as, as keen and fresh to get on with the job and, and, and gives himself a chance. Yeah, I think um, I, I'm not surprised these odds on. Like you say, I think they were probably trying to find something a little bit easier for him uh, before this race comes up. I know Sam was saying, you know, a site around Cheltenham at this stage of the career is always, <laughs> always a good idea. Uh, yeah, you just want it to all go to plan, really. A lot of them would just be hoping Paddy to get round, won't they? And, and put in a good jumping performance because the natural ability will start coming through as they get a bit fitter. Yeah, of course. It's just about making a start, getting out, get a look at them and, and see where you're at. But like I say, in an ideal world, they would have liked to have gone somewhere, uh, bread and butter midweek, just, you know, not many runners where they'll be able to scare everybody off and just a case of, of getting some uh, some gas out of the tank. That's all it is. But um, well, on paper, it's a red, red hot race and, and the um, the track have been, been rewarded with a very good entry. Yeah, they have. And they're all jocked up by a couple. Getaway Trump doesn't at the moment have a jockey on. Uh, Harry Cobden is jocked up for Southfield Stone. But the betting suggests that um, Getaway Trump will be heading here. Maybe Southfield Stone won't because that's an eight to one chance at the moment. That's the horse, of course, that that turned over Angel's breath, isn't it, Demo, when we're all thinking we're on the second coming? Yeah, <laughs> it most certainly was. And it's uh, it's hard to know where they're all going because the, the horse I actually just mentioned, I I just checked tomorrow declarations there while you were talking and global citizen actually runs uh, tomorrow so that's a a case in point of uh anti-post racing at this time of the year you you really have to um hold firm on it at times because you don't know where the hell they're all going but uh southfield stone re- he broke our heart last year but he could make into a decent chaser but i'd imagine there's um there's a ceiling with how how high he, he can climb the ranks as well dean i'd say yeah, potentially fences would want to make a man of that horse if it's going to um, step up to some of these. I mean, there's a few in there that have actually done a bit of chasing already. So a uh, fascinating race. I hope we get more than four or five turn up. On the jockey bookings, looks like we will. Um, if I had to nail my colours to it, I'd be interested in, in Global Citizen. But as Dermot says, that might not even turn up. So let's hope we get our dancer versus Getaway Trump or Southfield Stone uh, for a good race. Interesting that Gary Moore and Jamie Moore have not never in there as well. They like to tee him up early to try and take a few pots uh, it does look a good race a couple of other decent races on that card demo was there anything that caught your eye that you wanted to uh, look at anything keith was mentioned about mike pop over the over the water yeah so grainy hill was mentioned uh, but as he said in the piece all those plans can change so i don't think grainy hill will end up going now but uh, 
Dynons has our Dinon has um, has two option on the uh, Friday and the Saturday, so it's up in the air of which one of them. But Keith loves this horse. Uh, he was really strong enough for the Albert Bartlett last year as well, and he won at this meeting like a really, really uh, nice animal at this time last year. So he'll um, he'll be rocking up to one of those races as well. He's entered into the. 3.45 on Friday but as I said it's kind of up in the air as to which race that he will end up going for uh, the other horse as well is um, is Braid Blue of, uh, of of that yard who's also double entered so he could run at in the 2 o'clock on the Friday or on the Saturday and uh, he's won his last four he's kind of similar to kind of Dinon's is that he comes into this now with having won his last his last few races at kind of the the lesser track so he'll be interesting but uh two that i'm very interested in myself um on the card is if he turns up there in the two o'clock and uh, make the switch of um of john mcconnell's mm-hmm. um he's a uh, obviously a very good trainer he's he's handing in on the saturday as well as paddy will be thrilled to hear but make the switch is um a very good horse one last time at down royal uh really impressed me just with how how well he flew up the the hill there so Sheldon will definitely suit him. He could end up opening. He's he's double entered as well, so he could end up in one of two races. But he'll definitely be staying on at the end. These races won't be the strongest, and make the switch is one very interesting. And the other one then is a Storm Rising, who runs in the last race on the Friday at Cheltenham. He was an ex uh, Dennis Hogan horse who won at the Galway Festival. He's now with Dr. Richard Newland. Um, he won twice for them last year, kind of climbed up the ranks, but he's quickly uh, flown back down through them as well. And he's only three pounds higher now than he was for his rather comfortable win last year. So if they can get him back, um, he's had a pipe opener last time. And if they can get him back kind of rocking and rolling again like they did last year, uh, Storm Rising in the last race on the Friday would be very interesting. Okay, Storm Rising in the last on the Friday. Paddy, before I ask you if you like anything uh, else on that Friday card, I did see Capitaine is uh, back out for Paul Nichols. Only got the one entry as well. Supposed to go in the 310 uh, there at Cheltenham in the handicap hurdles. Had another wind up. This is a horse that if it does get to the front and uh, dominate, can easily win races off uh, 135. I'd be interested in uh, Capitaine going in that 310. Paddy, anything else on Friday that caught your eye? Uh, Demo mentioned that John McConnell had an entry there and he's got Hannon probably going over the weekend. But is there anything else on that card that you like the look of i was looking down at the the 420 it's actually the maiden hurdle but there's a mayor down there of dan skelton's called get a river by getaway um and i mean last year she, she won her point but in both her in both her hurdle races she was very free um really just doing everything wrong to be honest but she won at ludlow first time um, with a tongue tie on bolted up at Ludlow then they took her to Newbury same thing again you know done plenty early doors but still managed to get the job done and I mean Bridget Andrews was on board both times I see Harry has jumped up now for, for Friday because she just does take a bit of managing but she, there's a serious engine there because she done plenty wrong in both them races last year and she still managed to get the job done so uh, hopefully if she turns up on Friday it'll be interesting to see where she's at with Harry jumped up already 
Yeah, he is jocked up already, of course, for for Brother Dan. Let's get a river. I thought there was an interesting runner in there over from France, finished second on the last three starts and had plenty of racing already. And that's Fred for Nicky Henderson uh, in those Meneer colours. If there's a a punt to be had on that card, uh, I wonder if they might come for that one, although it's hard to know what might be up against. I'd be interested to see the price of where Fred goes on uh, Friday. Looks fascinating. Maiden hurdle, as they always do at Cheltenham. Shall we skip on to Saturday then, lads? The first three races on that card uh, look absolute crackers. I think um, Steve Ryder on bookmakers.co.uk has uh, has got a couple of horses in for them as well. I might give them a shout out a little bit later on. Uh, Demo, let's kick off with that two o'clock, the handicap chase and a matchbook betting exchange. Um, well, it looks exactly what you like to see at Cheltenham this time of year. Probably going to be you know, 18, 19, maybe even more runners uh, go opposed for that. Yeah, it's a really good race. And the ground kind of being, obviously softer at this time of the year it really adds to all that and this is a a cracking race it really is and the top of the market is quite strong as you'd expect in a race like this but there's one there that i really like um written by sean bowen and um and trained by harry fry and it's just a sting it's a horse that i've always had down as um he'll win a big one one day or a race of this nature really um and he I think there's definitely an awful lot of room for manoeuvre in his mark of 134. He was 10th last year in the Kim Weir, but he went off a well-supported 16-1 to 1 on the day. Um, any second now, won the race, of course. So this race is nowhere near that, that kind of level. It won't be the same kind of frantic pace either. So just the sting could well hang in there. Um, Bowen will kind of trap around with him. And um, if he's there at the firing line, at the finish i think 16 to 1 is a very decent price and he's one of the only ones that i've kind of i've backed this weekend in a few old favorites in there in this race isn't there paddy a really nice looking card you got like some Alela rocco uh, vintage clouds are, are declared anyway whether they will turn up or not uh, it does look a fascinating way to kick off saturday's race in at cheltenham yeah definitely but you know it's a good prize to show you 40 grand and offer yeah so you'd expect a decent injury which they've which they've got um I thought, you know, both Neil and Holland's obviously the young master, you know, I like him, but he's 10 year old now. And, but he does like it at Cheltenham, but you know, how much room to maneuver he has off his mark, but we'd have to wait and see, but you know, he can run well fresh, but albeit he did have a spin on the flat a few weeks ago. And, and Neil's other one, I mean, Shantou Village, he was running a massive race over in Ireland, wasn't he? Um, I love that horse. Love it. You know, he, he was, he was, he wasn't going to win, but he was, he was going to be on the premises. And unfortunately he went, uh, he went at the last when, when just on the heels of the leader. So at least we know that he arrives here, uh, fit and, um, he hasn't got a bad record at the course. He's got plenty of experience around there, but the one thing is he can just throw in the odd moderate jump. Um, so you've got to take that, um, into account as well, but, he certainly does know his way around the track. And as I've said, at least we know that Shantou Village will be pretty straight on the day. Yeah, I really like Shantou. I think with a bit of luck and jumping, it's got to be on the premises off one four two. Um, it's just They've just had no real luck with that horse, have they, at Neil Mulholland's yard. And one that they always fancied would be one to pick up 
you know, some nice races, probably better graded than this even. And although it does look a hot handicap, but you'd have to be of interest, Sean, to uh, be interesting to see where they get jocked up. And if they do indeed run on Saturday, I'd be interested in that one. The one I was interested in, uh, very likely to run, is Philip Hobbs's Rock the Casbah. That's a 10 to 1 chance. Uh, it does really well off a break. Uh, things kind of fell apart at the back end of the last season. But this is the kind of grade it can definitely win off of 150 mark. I'd imagine they'll run well and probably see a bit of money for it as well, is Rock the Casbah. I will mention Steve Ryder, the anti-post tips on bookmakers.co.uk put up Cogri um, who's in there at the minute uh, around an 8-1 to one mark he is potentially uh, the favourite at the off given um, well the twist and Davis uh, early season form and now they like to tee him up here big course and distance horses Cogri of course so that looks a fascinating race that 2 o'clock um, we're looking forward to getting stuck into that on Saturday the Masterton's holding hurdle goes at um, 2.35 um, <laughs> Kel Destan's a bit of a talking horse here Paddy I'll let you have your say on uh, the couple of McConnell horses as well in Construct and Hannon could potentially run in this uh, Dermo Kel Destan having been put up on a TV channel I think by, by Megan where they were going to go to Bath and, and just pick up an easy flat race uh, didn't go to plan there but that might have been exactly what the horse needed to come pick up a race like this yeah um he's he's kind of he's pushing out towards one of my my best bets of the weekend um i think the the drift has been rather telling on on gordon Elliott's horse there uh, i just don't think course of lime could end up going over uh wasn't mentioned in in keith Dunhu's article or on the uh the gordon Elliott stable tour elsewhere that he was coming so the kind of the 92 that you're getting now probably won't be there uh once the declarations come true so it's probably worth taking really and i mean he was fifth in a triumph he he'd won his four races before it and that that raised it bad i think uh, megan nichols as big a fan as i am of her um she kind of she was overly confident definitely coming into that race uh into the last two furlongs there but that definitely would have blown away any cobwebs and I think 92 is an absolutely whopping price for this horse team. Yeah, I think it's a big price um, considering you know, that prep run. With Torpillo has been out as well though, uh, Paddy. Daryl Jacob and Nigel Twist and Davis will team up with Torpillo and I do think the race will be between the two. Um, but, but Hannon is an interesting uh, throw into this race. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Hannon, he's a funny little horse really, isn't he? Because he has actually, although he's only won um, the once over hurdles, he has turned up for some, you know, some fairly big gigs to be honest. And, you know, that was a real good run in that big grade B handicap at Listall. Only ended up getting beat five lengths and, you know, they made plenty of use of him as well. Um, didn't run at all badly in a maiden at Leopardstown. It was only beat a length and three quarters. And, um, but like I say, last year did disappoint um, in the triumph, was well beat in the end. Um, but I honestly expected a better a better run than that at Cheltenham. But be interesting to see where we're at. I mean, John McConnell, he's got the other horse there as well, uh, Construct, who, I mean, you'd probably put a, a line through that Dundalk run the other day because he did get wiped out at one stage. So I think the jockey, uh, Ross Copley, just dropped the anchor then and, and let him hack home. But prior to that, he had been in pretty decent order. I mean, look, he won two pretty soft uh, a maiden and a novice round down Patrick and, and Sligo, where they rode him very positive. But, you know, the first day he was sent off 11 to 4 giant favourites. So he obviously schooled well and, and, and the lads were expecting a big run and, and that's what they got but obviously this is much deeper water um, for them on Saturday but you know they'll soon find out where they're at at, at 1-3-2 might just maybe 
be a little bit deep for him, but we'll have to wait and see. But I am looking forward to seeing my old mate Hannon. But the thing is, you know, we've got some very, very up and coming like that Torpillo at Chepstow. That was a serious performance. You know, Darren Jacob after he was he really didn't have words when 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 the guys on the TV were asking him to, to describe it because I mean you could see even visually it was very impressive, but um it was a it was a really good return. But it was on a week where the Twist and Davises could do no wrong, everything was winning. Um, but you couldn't help but be impressed. Yeah, completely agree. And Tony Carroll's got, you know, former Cheltenham uh, winner in here, Nelson River with Harry Bannister on. That one's going to kind of split up a bit of this market. I think it's a fascinating race, Dermo. Um, Cal Destan, though, is going to be a strong bet for you, you think? Yeah, absolutely, Dean. I'm um, I'm a massive fan of his. And I think that Triumph Hurdle from last season is going to turn out to be one of the better ones. Yeah, could end up being so. Um, really looking forward to that. I... I'm quite interested in Hannon each way at the prices, but I'm going to wait and see uh, exactly what turns up. The Randox Health Handicap Chase 310 at Cheltenham on Saturday uh, looks an absolute belter. Um, interesting to see if uh, St. Calvados goes here and uh, and tackles some of these horses, a horse that you know really was destined for big things last year. And whilst it started very well, of course, beating footpad didn't quite finish as well as they were liked. Harry Whittenson will be, uh, it will be interesting if he runs that one, Dermot. Really will. Um, he's one of these horses. Yeah, he's he's just. I was never the biggest fan of him, as you know, Dean. Uh, he's got one way of running, but regardless of a big rate, um, how many times in these handicaps at Cheltenham have you seen one just go and doesn't come back? Um, and he has the potential to do that, but he also has the potential that if something gets up there and upsets him at all, I think it it just throws him out completely. Um, so he he. I like the horse. I can see the angle, but no, I'm very happy to uh, to take him on in this. And the one that I like is a horse that I've always thought an awful lot of and has really has yet to, to hit any sort of heights uh, like I thought that he would. But of 137, uh, Maracuja for the uh, the Skeletons, I think at 14 to 1 could just be very interesting. Would love to see a bit of money on the day for that horse, but... Um, Maracuja definitely at 14 to 1 off 137 I think just one of these years now that that horse will click and 137 might just be a bit too low yeah one with Harry already jocked up for Dan Skelton uh Paddy a few old favorites in this as well actually a few of my cliff horses going here it's always a difficult race for me to try and sort out uh it's interesting to see Van Aters in there for Sophie Leach uh Dick Cosimo's in there for Warren Greatrix one of your favorites from last season Knock Manus is in there Oh, Lord, don't mention his name. Why <laughs> don't you just start sleeping well again, Dino? <laughs> you were on a following round, Paddy, no? In fairness, I've knocked him plenty, but he managed to get round um, when I really couldn't see it happen the last two times. So it'd be interesting to see if he's a little bit tidier on his feet this time. But he is nine-year-old and, you know, teaching a dog, oh, an old dog new tricks and all that crack. I don't really know, but I certainly wouldn't be lining up behind Nakanoos, but... Um, I think this race, looking at it on paper, is going to be the fractions are going to be very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've got plenty of horses here who not like to make the running, must make the running. Um, old Gino Trail for a twelve-year-old, he's got some boot. Um, I think this horse, this race for me looks absolutely pitch perfect for Forest Behan because 
that was a real good return at Kelso the other day. He was a bit fresh and a bit gassy. And I tell you, to say there wasn't many runners, it was a rough old race and Danny Cook just didn't have a great run round and he travelled very well. Um, I know the, the Dr. Nula Horse McGrody beat him on the day, but he's got a nice pull with that horse today. And I just think Forrest Behan, although he didn't win last year, he put up some real, real good performances and some real good weight carrying performances as well. Um, and I just think with that bit of a pull in the way it's with McGrorty and the fact that this is going to be run at a proper old gallop, um, I think it could just be set right up for him. Yeah, I like that angle. You'd imagine he'd still be travelling when the rest look like they're pumping away at the front end. They are going to go very quick. This is a grand annual trial in all, uh, in all tr- truth and fairness, really. Like said, Breland Das and Forrest Behan, of course, obviously make that very clear. Dr. Newland won't be messing around with McGrorty either. And as you say, he got verdict over Forrest Behan last time. I'm still going to side with St. Calvados. Um, if he pitches up here, I know he's got to give more weight, but he is the class animal in the field. Be interesting to see um, how he does get on against them. This might be the the kind of confidence boost. I think he's better than this lot, but just you know, does that come together over a frantic two miles at Cheltenham? We will find out. Is there anything else on the card that catches your eye, Demo? Some other good races. Yeah, no, it, it's an absolutely superb card. Um, the one thing about Forrest Behan as well that we have to remember is that he's also in the old Roan chase um, at Aintree on Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see what angle Brian Ellison goes with him because if he was to rock up here, I'd be very interesting interested in him. But I just thought that that old Roan looked uh, kind of wide open for him with the with the top two giving away weight there. Um, but the... But yeah, it's the... The Pertemps race as well looks an absolute corker as well. But it's... Uh, it's one of those races that I think you'd want your head examined backing in the in in the likes of that because it's I have um, one in there. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> who, do you, who do you have in that? I, I'm a big Stony Mountain fan. Um I'm wondering if 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 you know the connections and and Henry Daly no one really likes to win these bloody races, do they? These potemps races. But I think they just they just want to finish I know in the first I know six. but like sometimes I see a horse like that and think you can win this if you're fully tuned up and ready for the mix but you probably don't need to be fully tuned up to finish in the front six there's a couple of others in there that you could say the same about lights of Sykes and to be fair and um even two Tafts who you know is coming back from a massive massive layoff for Dan Scout and I'm hoping that he comes back uh, in good form but Stony Mountain at 12 to 1 caught my eye I, if that gets backed I am backing it yeah no on the day I'd say I'll end up backing to be fair, because okay. in fairness to Deborah Hamer and Tom Bellamy, at least you know that that horse isn't there just to finish in the top six. You know, they'll, they'll be going all out all out to win that race. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go on, Demo. I, I cut you off. In, in, that, in, that, in that race, Dino, mm. everybody will want to finish sixth beaten as far as possible. <laughs> <laughs> we all know that. We do, we do. Yeah. Uh, that's very true. Uh, Ramsey's Satelli interested me in the. In, they've actually got it in a novice hurdle on the card. If that runs for David Piper in the novice hurdle, I will definitely be keeping an eye on what they do with that. Really like the the way that horse travels and jumps. Of course, novice hurdle is very different to what we were used to seeing him uh, do last season. Demo, I'll let you come back in. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that was that was. Uh, you weren't rude at all, Dean. I I got everything said that I needed to get said. Okay, um, Dinon's also on that card as well, Damo. We don't know which race is going to pitch up in. And you already mentioned that uh, we could be seeing Forrest being over at Aintree on Sunday instead in what looks a very good Monet's Garden Old Rowan Chase. Yeah, the Old Rowan Chase looks an absolute belter as well. I mean, when you look at, you've 
Kalashnikov at the top of the market. A, a horse I, I, I'd never developed a, a, a tiny semblance of affection for, for whatever reason. Um, but he really put it all together at Aintree last season and he gets a ton of weight so you can see why he is such a short favourite. Uh, the thing is, I think they're underestimating how big a heart little Frodon has um, and that performance in the Ryanair. I often think with horses like Frodon is that he's kind of used to carrying that weight anyway. Um, it mightn't affect him at all and I think 11-4 to 4 might just might actually be a bet there because he's such a massive heart, that horse, that he won't be stopping. But if Forrest Behan was to turn up here and the weight that he'll end up running off because of those top two, I'd be very interested in him. And if he didn't and he went to Cheltenham, I think Born Survivor on, on pretty much the exact same reasoning. I just think that they'll end up running off a tiny weight. But I firmly believe whatever horse beats Frodon in that race will will win it then. Yeah, Froden, the key to the old Rowan, probably Paddy. Interesting that Forrest Behan's actually jocked up with Brian Hughes on for the old Rowan. Yeah, that is, is interesting. As you say, he is going to have a lovely racing way to 10 stone four, isn't he? So um, rather than going down the handicap route with 11 stone odd. But I just thought the race at at Cheltenham would really fall in, in his lap a little bit. But then again, the, the fractions here are going to be decent, aren't they? Because, you know, we obviously know Froden likes to get on with the job because I mean his only defeat came last year was at Cheltenham uh, early in the season when he got into that proper battle with with Baron Alco wasn't it yeah um, yeah in the in the bet victor and that's the only the only time it was beat but I mean they just went an absolute million that day and I know Frodo like he likes to go to go a good gallop uh, as it is but um, he was probably unlucky not to go and beat in the whole of last season but he's just incredibly tough and I mean you know he still is only seven Obviously, he's gonna have it. Um, he's gonna have it put right up to him again this year because everybody knows what his bag is now. And if they give him any sort of piece on the front end at all, you know, he, he'll just murder them. So they're going to be wary of that. But I'm gonna say that there's not going to be. Um, they're certainly not going to be giving him much room down at the tapes. That's for sure. Um, but interesting to see. We spoke plenty about uh, Kalishnikov last year. I thought his jumping got a little bit better, but. I don't think he'd ever be a natural, but obviously he's going to be, um, he's had a summer off and, and will have had plenty of schooling before now. But he's just a big boy and he's, he's got to work at the job a bit harder than, than other horses do. It just doesn't seem to come as natural to him, but it'll be great to see him back and, and see where, where he's at for Amy Murphy. I absolutely love Paddy as well that um, Amy Murphy said that the, the dream is to, to, to win the Ryanair. They must be the first people I've ever heard of anyway, Dean, that uh, have been dream, dreaming of winning a Ryanair. <laughs> you need to have yeah. a power, Dermot. <laughs> well, a big, big day for Amy Murphy to get Kalashnikov back out, of course, uh, back to the scene of an excellent victory uh, last season as well, not in this race, of course. And then you've got Froden, who, you know, kind of, like you say, is the key to the race. Born Survivor is an up-and-comer, got plenty to find now, I think, certainly on the lights of Froden anyway. Um, San Calvados, I hope, goes to Cheltenham, as I've said. If it goes here, I think it might just struggle to uh, to live with those ones at the front end, but we will find out. Forrest being uh, race could fall in its lap, perhaps. And um, yeah, it does look a very, it does look a nice race. Actually, it's great. We've got proper jumps racing back this weekend, chaps. Absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? It is. It's been a long time coming. It has been a long time coming. Uh, do we have anything else to wrap up from the weekend racing before I do go to you for some uh, naps? I've gone through it, and uh, apart from Cheltenham, the the racing over on our side of the pond and everything else, really 
isn't terrific. So I would be uh, I'd be sticking as one of my other ones from the from the non main races of the weekend. I really fancy a storm rising in the five thirty at uh, at Cheltenham on Friday. Okay, the storm rising for Damo. Paddy, your best bet of the weekend. I'm gonna put a gun to your head. I would probably go with the Twist and Davis horse who won at Chepstow on his return. Torpilla was very, very impressed. Um, he looks a proper bit of kid, so I'd, I'd be happy enough to be with him. Okay, Torpilla uh, to back up what looked a very uh, taking performance at Chepstow last time in what is a very, very hot race. I'm going to give you a handicap uh, chase horse at two o'clock on Saturday at Cheltenham. Rock the Casbah at double figures, I think, is a very fair bet. Do keep an eye out for Fred. Um, for Nicky Henderson in that maiden hurdle. Um, hopefully that one could justify what looked an all right bit of French form coming into possibly not the strongest maiden you'll ever see at Cheltenham, but maybe he'll make it so. Okay, that is the Race Hour podcast for this week, brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk. You've been listening to the Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news, and bookmaker reviews.